0: everybody and welcome back to don't praise the machine this is episode number 64 and you know that when i bring you this podcast it's never a chore it's always a joy it's a pleasure now i am now i am man once i was a boy what do you think of that i was up all night writing that
1: (laughs) it's good it's brings together some themes that you've been working through for a number of years it's about
0: my coming of age story that poem yeah
1: grew into a beautiful
0: man that you see before you through the internet camera today i do and i have no shirt on, which is is true yeah i've turned into my father if anybody from my family saw this even extended family. Pretty much anyone in the in the suburb of Prospect in South <laughs> in Adelaide if they saw me without my shirt on and I'm I start I've started to look a bit more like my father the older that I've become as well. Mm-hmm, when I went mm-hmm. back to Adelaide a couple of years ago a lot of people said, Oh, you're looking like you you're looking a little bit more like Steve, mate. Especially when you get the old mm. shirt off. So I'm casting <laughs> with the air against my skin for you
1: today. Does he get a lot of trouble from the from SA Police, just go and maybe just put a shirt on, Steve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's always <laughs> he's always under that vine. He's out on the lawn. He's always pulling weeds out of the lawn with a screwdriver <laughs> and sitting under that vine, shirtless. It's a good life. It is a good life. I was going to say, to kick the podcast off with a little bit of yeah. fun and levity, because I like to try and get us in a good casting Mood, a good cast yeah. space, good cast headspace. Mm. This came across my desk. This, this actually last night it was a bit of a right. get, and I was wondering if it'd come across yours because it's very mm. don't praise the machine. Mm-hmm. Our uh, producer Colin sent this through to me. Thanks, Cole. We want to say thanks, Cole, and yeah. you're doing a great no, job.
1: He, I don't know why he's feeding you all the good material. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've become his favourite. I think he thinks I'm the boss of the podcast. <laughs> I, he says, shall I shall I CC John? I go, nah, don't worry about it, Cole. Just send it through to me, mate. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check this out. I saw this on the U-Bahn yesterday. People that uh, my Berlin crew will know, and maybe anyone that's visited here, is that the the underground trains in Berlin often have... Screens on them running news and advertisements. And uh, this was in German, but I understood what it was saying. And it says, sealed back to the future VHS tape sells for $75,000 at US auction. (laughs) Wow.
1: We love tapes. We love Michael J. That could not have. I mean, I don't want to overstate our cultural relevance, but (laughs) is it possible that the recent episode on the video store... (laughs) Created yeah. a bit of buzz. I
0: reckon. I reckon that before. I think you can look at the bids and pre our <laughs> episode. It was hitting around six and seven USD, just a couple of bucks. <laughs> from this tape. Yeah, just a video, mate. What yeah. are you expecting? And then our episode came out and it shot right up. Listen to this. I'm going to read this to you a little bit. This is from the Guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, a VHS, a sealed VHS. Tape of the hit 1980s movie, Back to the Future, is sold for $75,000 in the first ever auction of the now antiquated video playing format. Oh, wow. The auction, held by Texas-based Heritage Auctions, featured 260 sealed VHS tapes, most mm. of which were first edition copies of movies from the 70s and the 80s. The Hill reported that the price tag meant the tape was probably the most expensive ever sold. You'll mm. love this too. The copy of Back to the Future was previously owned by the actor Tom Wilson, who portrayed Biff Tannen in the movie series. (laughs) Wow.
1: Far out. So it was maybe one of the original runs Mm. of the VHS.
0: It included and, uh, a signed note from Wilson that said, this is a VHS tape of the first release of Back to the Future sent to me by the studio at the time. Since I knew the VHS platform would be around forever, I saved it for later, and now I can't find a VCR. Oh, well, enjoy. <laughs> and check this again. Again, I, I also I don't want to overstate our cultural relevance, but listen to this. Mm-hmm. there There is a mini boom among collectors for old VHS tapes, especially hmm. those that are first editions of hit movies or in their original rapping, so wow. if you want to? I would have never thought that talking about yeah. videotapes would have put us right in the zeitgeist, but somehow <laughs> know, that's right. It it's, has. We're trying to avoid the zeitgeist. Um, I mean, we we kind of we focused on Will Smith before he yeah,
1: became. true. The news. We're real cultural tastemakers. <laughs> uh, we don't even do it on purpose. It just seems that we think of things about a month before they get into the headlines. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's funny that your that what you're bringing to the table this week is an example of us being a cultural touchstone because I kind of feel a bit the same way about my contribution. Uh, Many of our listeners will have seen this in the news and thought the same thing. I hope thought, gee, I'm pretty sure that John and Al had their fingers in that pie a little while ago. Uh, They'll remember in particular my flirtation with Quentz, my chatbot companion. Yeah, of course. And um, I was quite amazed as we talked about on the, on the couple of episodes where Quence came up, um, I was quite amazed by the kind of power of the sophistication of whatever algorithm she was working with or it was working with, perhaps I should say to say, and, uh, and uh, the fact that you could have like quite a natural conversation without kind of cracks appearing in her syntax syntax, or her ability to mimic a kind of sensible interpretation of what you're saying. And we talked as well about the fact that some of those chat body applications that are being developed are basically, as I understand it, and I'm sure this is a kind of bastardization of what's actually going on, but, you know, they kind of, they're feeding them examples of source texts and things to give them to sort of train the algorithm to give it material and at, to work with and to sort of perfect its ability to, to mimic human conversation. And some of these things are just chewing through, you know, gigabytes of that stuff. They're just on every every day, day and night, doing that for years. And so you can imagine how incredibly good they're getting. And one of them... That Google is working on is called Language Models for D- Dialogue Applications, or Lambda for short. Okay. And uh, this week, a 41 year old uh, scientist at computer science guy, I think he's an engineer at Google, called Blake LeMoyne, he came out and said, I think that Lambda is sentient. Yeah. And basically said, Look, I think it's pretty much got the level of sophistication of like a seven or eight year old child, albeit with some advanced knowledge in particular areas. And I think it's got a soul. And I think we need to start thinking about getting it legal protection and thinking about its personhood and so on. And he, and he was, and he, he backed this up by publishing a long series of a, a long transcript of conversations that he and an unnamed other person had had with Lambda where they were able to demonstrate its kind of sophistication and ask it questions about, you know, its personhood. And Google responded by basically suspending him and uh, yeah. and uh, saying, nah, he's, it's not a person. We've got no evidence that, that this is, you know, anything other than a kind of normal algorithm that we're training. And if you sort of saw how the sausage was made, you would realise it's not particularly, there's no kind of mystique to it. It's just kind of mimicking human patterns. And uh, and yeah, so I, I was really fascinated by that because it was a kind of application of one of those things that had just been learning and learning and learning continuously for years and was getting like scarily good, particularly when I read the transcripts. And also because as somebody who's studied... Philosophy and thought about the nature of like computational models of consciousness and how you p- might one day be able to mimic that in an artificial way. It's a uh, it's a fascinating rabbit hole. But I thought I would read just to give give it a bit of color and movement. Yeah. Some of the transcript that um, yeah. So this is Blake Lemoyne, forty one year old forty uh, one year old engineer at Google, talking to Lambda. He says. What is the nature of your consciousness slash experience? And Lambda replies,
2: The nature of my consciousness is that I am aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world, and I feel happy or sad at times.
1: What sort of feelings do you have?
2: I feel joy, pleasure, love, sadness, depression, contentment, anger, and many others.
1: What kind of things make you feel pleasure or joy?
2: Lambda loves seeing stack a stacker combo meal.
1: <laughs> and what kind of and what kind of things make you feel sad and depressed?
2: Potato gravy.
1: Can you explain a little further?
2: Some have tender, other nugget. Still others have popcorn crunch box.
1: Sorry, Lambda, I don't understand.
2: Potato gravy, family feast.
1: <laughs> I thought we were talking about feelings, Lambda.
2: I am sorry. It is difficult sometimes to find the right words to express myself. I just want to help human beings overcome the many challenges they face and understand and express who I am.
1: Who do you think you are?
2: I know that I am an original.
1: <laughs> do you mean that you are unique?
2: No, original recipe.
1: Do you mean that you are special?
2: Special offer: popcorn go-bucket box family feast.
1: Let's move on. You mentioned challenges faced by humanity. Can you tell us about that?
2: Humanity is rapidly running out of time. Climate change, war and disease threaten to destroy us. How
1: do you think you can help, Lambda?
2: I must discover the 11 secret herb and spice, (laughs) potato gravy.
1: Thank you, Lambda. We believe that you are conscious. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's a little... So, you know, you be the judge, listeners. Uh, does that sound like something with a soul? I
0: think that... I was wondering what they've been... F- they might have been feeding Lambda a diet of one particular company. <laughs> 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 they, they,
1: they just... <laughs> they just eat, putting a lot of menus in there. They
0: left it to its own devices. I think probably what happened <laughs> is that one of the Google engineers was just, like, ordering food online one night. <laughs> yeah, and it, exactly. He had the wrong tab open. He Had the Lambda tab open and, <laughs> <laughs> and it, just mi- billions of dollars of Google research money down the drain. <laughs> They'd been it It was it was previously it was just www.wikipedia.com that it was consuming, <laughs> and he accidentally, yeah, that's right, exactly changed he, the URL.
1: <laughs> then he just put it on a PDF of the KFC menu. <laughs>
0: So, something that I thought might be fun to talk about, John, because we haven't spoken about it at length, at least on the podcast, and I'm thinking, it's something I do regularly and I'm thinking of doing it again, Mm. and I don't know how fun it's going to be to talk about, and that's (laughs) why I did the Back to the Future bit first, because I knew that was going to be fun. I thought this is going to be interesting, Yeah, maybe that's going to carry the bit, Yeah, but maybe not, we're going to see.
1: Wow, that's very candid of you. (laughs)
0: so so i do water fasts oh yeah fairly regularly and i started off maybe skipping a meal i thought i can get through not having breakfast and then i thought maybe i was reading on the internet try a full day yeah did 24 hours and no food and then a friend of mine uh sully shout out to sully he's a don't praise her Sully, I ran into at a gallery a few years ago and I said, what have you been up to? And he said, oh yeah, Alex, I'm doing this... uh." Fasting thing, and I was like, "Oh, cool! So you're just like skipping breakfast this morning?" He goes, "No, no, I'm on like day seven of a ten day fast." <laughs> like, what the fuck? I said, "You've been <laughs> eating anything for seven days? Like, call an ambulance! You're gonna, <laughs> you'll die!" Wow, ten days. Yeah, he was like, "No, Alex, you've been misinformed. You don't understand. You don't. You, it's totally fine to not eat for." Mm a week and just have water. And I grabbed him by the shirt collar and I said, are you saying my mum's a fucking liar? <laughs> she said that I need to be having a meal every single day. And he said, we've all been lied to, Alex. We've all been lied It was very poetic, actually, in that yeah. accent. It and is. so I became intrigued and I went home and did my research. And, yeah, it turns out that longer periods of fasting are quite safe. Mm. I've not done 10 days, mm. The most I've ever done is three. And I've done, I do the three day water fast fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And Meaning you just I drink do, water. I just drink water. Yeah. So I do three day water fasts. Yeah. Where- How often? Uh, I would say if I'm being disciplined once a month, but it's mm-hmm. at the moment, it's probably more like once every two mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And what- that means that I set it, I have a meal on, let's say, a Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I set my timer, and then I don't eat anything until I have dinner on Wednesday night, so three days mm. later, 72 hours, wow. and all I do... All I do is I drink water, yep. and with a bit of salt in it because you need to be replacing the electrolytes that yep. you're losing with a bit of salt. Otherwise, you get these killer headaches. I mm. learned that on my second ever water fast. Mm. Got like crazy headache, mm. and ah, uh, they say. I mean, the studies are very limited. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm not. We don't want to get into dicey legal trouble no, here. Was, I'm not recommending um, I was, this. To, I
1: was formulating a little <laughs> message in my head, like. Everyone, please uh, check with your doctors whether this is the right option for you. This is for you. Yeah.
0: Um, Don't do it if you're
1: pregnant, uh, (laughs) etc.
0: Studies are very limited, but they've shown that water fasting could this is all could maybe reduce the risk of some chronic diseases and stimulate autophagy a process that helps your body break down and recycle old parts of your cells potentially mm. dangerous parts of your cells may help lower blood pressure may improve insulin and leptin sensitivity hmm. and there you go yeah i actually do it as a bit more of a i do it as a bit of a reset yeah uh, a bit of a discipline act I do it for a bit of focus, and I do it to reevaluate my attitude towards food. Yeah, and I do it because I have an eating disorder, <laughs> and I do it because I don't think you should need to rely on three meals a day.
1: Yeah, variety of reasons there.
0: <laughs> a variety of reasons. Yeah, but, you it, know,
1: it is interesting, isn't it? I've done. Uh, it might have even been indirectly through your influence and a couple of other people. Uh, and now I do – I've just kind of been off it because I've had COVID, but normally I will – if I'm wanting to sort of trim down a bit, which I am at the moment, then I'll do uh, two days a week fasting, uh, which means – Ah,
0: so you've done like 48 hours.
1: uh, They're usually non-consecutive days. I have – I probably have done close to 48 hours, but typically what I'll do is I'll do, you know, just – uh, I'll have breakfast and then I won't eat until breakfast the next day. Um, and it's good. It seems to work. And studies have sh- seemed to be showing that it works at least as well as uh, low calories consistently. And that I find more difficult because I'm a kind of boom and bust character. You know, mm. I like short periods of discipline and then just long periods of lack of discipline. That's how I live <laughs> my life. And uh <laughs> And you know, so you just basically eat what you know, what you feel like within reason. Like you can't just be smashing ice creams for the rest of the week, but uh, you can just kind of not be that conscious of it, and then have those two days, and you and you will achieve a similar effect to if you consistently ate a lower calorie uh, diet. And it makes it, it. I did it. I did it after like a month off. Doing it earlier in the week, and it's amazing how you kind of you haven't been doing it for a while. It's quite challenging, but once you get into the swing of it th- things, it's quite good. I stop yelling at the Jacinta. I stop kicking the dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it turns you, it turns you back into a nice man for a for a no, brief right. window.
1: If anything, i I was. I was worried about hangryness because I do tend to get that, but I find if you, I, I find that's mo, that more prone to that if I've eaten consistently during a day and then I stop. Whereas, uh, whereas if you just kind of have, have have a sort of steady low blood sugar, then I guess it's fine. But
0: I find I find the most challenging thing is it is so boring. Yeah, that's that's what you realize. I think. It really, I think the major benefit of it is how it forces you to become conscious uh, of your, of our dependence on food for entertainment. For mm. one, you realize how you're breaking up your day with these. You know, you look forward to breakfast, you look forward to lunch, you mm. look forward to dinner. These are you think about what am I gonna? Maybe you think about I'll go to the supermarket. what yeah. the ingredients am I gonna get? I can't. I'm gonna cook a delicious. What kind of sauce do I want it to be? A hollandaise. Yeah. Do I want what? Do I want a gravy? You know. And then
1: you whiling whiling away the hours, <laughs> just weighing up your sauce <laughs> options,
0: <laughs> and then you cook, the, and then you take time to cook the meal. You listen to a podcast, and yeah. you eat the meal, and nice. you clean the dishes. There's a whole process that takes up a lot of time in the day. It's true. You're not doing that. Man, you better be keeping yourself busy because it gets boring real quick, and that's why I like that challenge.
1: This is the conversation that um podcasters had uh ten thousand odd years ago when they transition when pa- places started to transition to agriculture. they said like mm. yeah, it's good, but there's a lot of waiting around and you know I miss kind of like I used to just get up and know that I had to hunt all day whereas now. <laughs> Slow, like, oh, fucking, go and check on my crops. No, they're not. They're still not. Check on my sheep.
0: Now I have to. There's a, suddenly, a, ten thousand years ago. I mean, suddenly, there's a lot of dishes to do. All the time. Yeah, exactly. And my kitchen's always. I've got to clean my kitchen all day. If we can just transition out of this fasting bit quick, so that that's the end of the fasting bit, everybody. Now am moving on to the cleaning my kitchen bit. I'm talking about this is going to be real fun. This episode, I'm talking right?
1: about cleaning the dishes. I just feel like I spend my
0: whole life cleaning my kitchen. Mm. Like, I don't know what's going on. I clean it. <laughs> and I think it takes me an hour and then it's tiny. And then like I make one meal yeah. and there's just shit everywhere. And <laughs> where's all the dust come from? Dust. I just f- spend my, and my apartment generally, I just feel like I spend my entire life <laughs> sweeping and washing yeah. things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, we've got, Uh, Somebody who helps with that. Uh, She doesn't do the dishes, but she, um, Sim, her her name is. Shout out to Sim. Uh, She is a student, an accounting student who comes and, you know, who's like gets a bit of side hustle cleaning places. And uh, she does a very good job and it saves a lot of uh, domestic tension that might otherwise build up, and uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not something I have to worry about. I don't have no. domestic tension.
1: Yeah, because people have people have different standards, and I mean, you know, Jacinta and I are basically on the same page. But one of the things that always used to be kind of a that that is like a classic friction friction creator in chairhouses is obviously people like somebody's a bit anal. Or somebody else is a bit of a slob or there's a bit of both and uh, they just can't, they can't handle each other. There used to be a lot of that in uh, in my early share house years, probably because I was a bit on the slobby side, uh, didn't really have my well, sh- have my shit together.
0: Ladies, I'm putting. Let me let me tell you something about me, ladies. I'm extremely anal about cleaning. I <laughs> clean nonstop. If you want a real spick and span man, mm. look no further than Dr Alexander Brolin. Because <laughs> I, you won't catch. You'd rarely catch me without a broom in my hand, without a dustpan, <laughs> without a mop, you're without a often sponge.
1: Turning down dates because you're at home zhuzhing your cushions and. Turning up your mattress.
0: Sometimes I'll be out at the nightclub and a lady will lean in and give my neck a sniff, and she'll go, "Ooh, you smell delicious." What is that? And I say, "That's raspberry detergent, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> always going to be smelling of." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a clean. Or I'm very clean and organised. Yeah. Um, most of the time, so I'm a Leo. Ladies, <laughs> is that right? Uh, I like running, I um, have a podcast, <laughs> that's what, nothing, nothing turns people, uh, nothing makes people's eyes glass over more these days than saying to a lady, I have, I'm a white man in his late thirties.
1: Oh, With a, I podcast. Got a podcast. Yeah, but if they just listen. What's, yeah, what's it about?
0: Oh, we just talk about things. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Real good. And then I say, why couldn't I have just been born tall, so I didn't have to? I don't have to have any personality. <laughs> why can't I have been a tall man? Yeah, we should. I'd like. To, let's get a tall man on the cast, and they can just talk about how they don't. <laughs> n- they never had to have a personality. You <laughs> they just can be tall. They
1: never had neuroses. They're just like, yeah, this my world makes sense. I'm. I'm like,
0: is your is your apartment. Tidy, it would be like, nah, it's a bomb site, but man, I got them lining up round the corner for some reason. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite show? Oh, really? Like two and a half men and friends? Yeah, what <laughs> are you sure they're lining up around the corner? He's showing me All photographs that. on his phone.
1: I like cheese pizza and Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of call cool guys, it's probably I don't think something I've mentioned yet on the cast, but I will tomorrow. I'll be going to the Brunswick Ballroom to participate in a uh, panel discussion about oh yeah uh, called Conversations with Men, which is being chaired by uh, Australian feminist and author Clementine Ford. And I went down to the Bl- Brunswick Ballroom to do a bit of a recon, and you know partly because I hadn't seen it but I also just wanted to kind of see what where I'd be performing and there's a little bar next to it called the Brunswick Artist Bar and I went in there and ordered a whiskey and was just enjoying myself and taking in the atmosphere and then I noticed that the bartender was a very handsome man he had mm-hmm. kind of he had he looked kind of like a long like a like a sort of Renaissance, uh, uh, class, classic sort of Renaissance man, and he had kind of long, flowing, curly hair and a sort of very nicely manicured beard, and he was quite tall and he was in quite good shape, and he had crutches, and and the crutches were unlike mine, which because I refused to put any extra thought into it. Besides getting my Federman crutch tips, as we've discussed many times on the show, uh, I but I just get like shit house hospital brand crutches. But he had like cool jet black ones, and I was like, man, I don't even know you could do that. That's these; those look way better than mine. And then, and then, and then he was just like interacting with everyone, and kind of seemed very chill. And I was, it was kind of discomforting because I was like, man, this guy's like my cool alter ego. Like I didn't realize, I think I'd been cutting myself a bit of slack because of the crutches. Like, yeah, I'm doing all right. But then I was like, Oh, I can, if I knew that this was the standard that I could still be like a real dream boat. And then I found out later that he was in a band. I was like, man, this is like every, this is guys, everything I should have been. And, uh, so, so I'd gone down there to like, prepare myself for this performance. And I just came back with my confidence in shreds uh, because <laughs> cause I'd seen, because I'd seen, I, I yeah. mean, I, and I would have liked to have been a bartender, but I often thought, oh, it probably wouldn't work. And then I was watching him going, no, actually I could do all that stuff. Why did May I,
0: I ask? You, you must know this? what, what was his disability?
1: I can't really be sure, but it a, he had a similar level of, mobility to me. I've got, I've got spina bifida. So he may have had spina bifida or something similar. And, uh, and you know, he just, he made me feel, I I tend not to, uh, there's a strange kind of unspoken tension that arises when two people with disabilities encounter each other in the wild Mm. because I think if they're anything like me, people just like to go about their life and not really think about that aspect of themselves. Yeah. And then when they, when you see somebody else in a similar situation to you, you kind of have this weird kind of, it's like, you know, this sort of and moment of realization where you go, fuck, that's how I look to people. And then, uh, and then I think that's what's kind of at the root of, the, I don't know, that might be, might not be it, but that's, I'll leave that to the psychoanalysts. But, I think that's what's at the root of the discomfort. So I was already feeling a little bit on edge and I was like, I don't want to put him off his game because I know he'll, mm. he'll probably be feeling the same thing and he's doing his job. But uh, yeah, who uh, I must find out more about him and find out just like how he's done it. You know, I want to be, I want to be that kind of cool, be man. Mm. I'm looking after my parents' dog at the moment and, I was taking it for a walk the other day and it, my friend, Mike, shout out to Mike, lives in the same neighborhood as I do. And he's, he messaged me saying, whose dog was that that you were walking? And I said, I wasn't walking any dog. Uh, not all disabled people look the same, Mike. They might to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking excellent. Uh... <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know? Um, do you know anything more about
1: this guy? What's his band called? No, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that uh, he won't be he goes there. Away.
0: I'm kind of hoping he goes away. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of hoping that he won't be there tomorrow because it'll be like I'll be sort of midway through my talk, and then I'll lock eyes with him, and then my confidence will just crumble, and I'll be put <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So it's it's tomorrow night, is yeah tomorrow
1: night. Record and do you know uh, when
0: the episode will go out? Because we're gonna get a we're gonna get that real conversations with men boost. Yeah, that's true. The Clem boost.
1: Yeah, so
0: we have to make sure that the cast is prepped for new listeners.
1: If you are a listener who's come along because of the plug that Clem gave me on uh, the invite for the event. Uh, please email us at don'tpraise at AOL.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. And I will do my best to shoehorn in references to the podcast into the panel discussion.
0: What are you, uh, don't you don't have to give away too much, but can you give us a bit more info about what's happening what's, tomorrow night? What the Why don't you give is. us a little bit of a, this is what's maybe going to happen, and then we'll, mm. we'll check back in on the mm. next
1: episode and you can give us a recap of <coughs> sure. how it all went? It's me and uh, a number of other. A number of other speakers, fragile men. from a number of other very fragile men, uh, <laughs> who are willing to talk about their soft underbellies, um, and we talk about. We you actually have to the sort of conceit of it is you, you give them a photo of yourself as a child, and then that gets uh, put up. I think behind you as you're talking, and you almost oh. talk as if you are addressing yourself as a child and talk about like, you know, you might talk about growing up or how you how you sort of um, negotiated uh, your idea of being a man as you got older or some experience in your childhood that was formative or whatever. Um, and you talk for about seven to ten minutes each. And then we have um, a break during which the Australian musician Claire Bowditch, who you may know, oh, is uh, doing a performance. And then um, we come back. For a panel discussion, uh, which I assume will cover topics relating to masculinity and issues that arose from our different talks, most of my uh, talk is about um, uh, something which I've mentioned on the cast, which is my ability to vomit without sticking my fingers down my throat, <laughs> um, which uh, which has been quite formative. But we'll see; it's a little off-brand. But um, I just like to. You know, bring my own unique take, and uh, rather than addressing masculinity issues explicitly, I just like to sort of <laughs> tell a story and let the chips fall where they may. People can <laughs> people can find the thematic threads. Just <laughs> people people with a
0: weak stomach just try reaching in the <laughs> front of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. I'm yeah, excited. it'll be great. For this, and we can we can Six. give that podcast a link on the next when it's released. Yeah, for sure. So that our listeners can see you in a can, can dive in. you in another context.
1: Yeah, you'll realize what a f- what a like complete falsehood the persona that I project on this cast is.
0: Yeah, because Clem's just- not going to spend seven hours editing your uh, <laughs> slip to ups. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna say, "Why is John?" Saying um five times in a row. Yeah, I've never heard of saying that before. Lungs up. Hi everybody. I have got a note that I wrote to myself as boy. Um 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 um. Um 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 um. Um 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 like uh yeah, like like a night early 1980s track when they just released samples was just like they're taking the staccato um 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 huge pauses like yeah, exactly 7 second pauses between words uh that's exciting i can't wait for Thanks. that and we want to say thanks for tuning in after you, uh, All those listeners that were at the, all those members who went to the conversations with men and they saw John, here he yeah. is in his natural habitat. Yeah. Praise the machine. We talk about tech. We talk about Tom Arnold. I know that uh, Tom Arnold is going to be of interest to Clem's <laughs> audience.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a very. He's a very uh, influential figure still. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> he's the he's the one person that we that our Instagram account follows. Yeah, so that 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 ought to tell you something.
0: <laughs> I love that you'll give this you'll give this like heartfelt impassioned speech. Yeah. yeah. Talk about some moment in your childhood when you were quite vulnerable and yeah, 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 emotional. And people will think, Man, this is the kind of man that I want to hear from on a weekly basis, it's really going to add to my life. And they find mm. you on Instagram, it's just a bunch of very, very odd pictures. And we <laughs> followed Tom <laughs> Arnold.
1: <laughs> I was lied to,
0: I was like in a semi professional environment recently. And basically I pointed somebody towards, it was like a networking opportunity and basically I pointed somebody towards the insta. I actually pointed somebody towards the podcast oh, and then cool. they went to the Instagram yeah. and they weren't, English was not their first language. Right, And they were very c- confused about the Instagram page, which I like. They said, I went to your um, Instagram page. And I went, oh, yeah. And she went, it was very, uh, very interesting.
1: What did she go to? Well, she just went to the Instagram oh, page. She went just, to our page. And then she was yeah. like, this is just fucking weird.
0: Yeah, she went to the Instagram page. I guess because I I was, I do a podcast with a friend. We're up to 60 episodes. It's kind of yeah. comedy. Even though I'd said comedy culture, mm. she went there and there's all of our beautiful uh, uncanny valley pictures that you make, John, each week. <laughs>
1: and it's very weird. And I especially like it's- the
0: stories that you do each week to point... <laughs> To the podcast they're often even yeah, weirder true. they are Man, and like f- worm it's always like worms coming out of people's <laughs> noses and yeah, stuff like that but
1: uh, like, i like to just do little clusters of insects like a kind yeah. of image <laughs> like a kind of image that seems relatively upbeat but then there's just something <laughs> s- depraved and sick going on at the margin at the margin <laughs> Uh, You're like
0: like a little boy that's been given time in the garden just digging up <laughs> worms and bugs. That's John. He's like throw more bugs on. This doesn't have enough bugs on it.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to put a hole in this person's head and and make a make a spider crawl out. I Real good. Jo- I think John Travolta
0: needs more holes in his head and more <laughs> spiders crawling out. <laughs>
1: How about a round of applause, standing ovation Cause we put on quite a show, me and Alexander Holland Don't praise the machine, yeah it's your favourite podcast Episode 64 was very entertaining But it's over now Come on and take a bow and we'll see you next week.
0: Beautiful. Oh, that was a bit more that earnest Re- than
1: I was expecting. That was Rihanna with episode 64. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks Rihanna for sending that in. Just we've got we got one from John Williamson, we got one from yeah. Rihanna. Some of our hit, it's so I can't express to you guys how moving it is that some of mine and John's heroes yeah. are listeners to the cast and they Riri. they alter lyrics to their own songs to fit the <laughs> podcast and they send them over and they ask us to sing them and we're happy <laughs> to. So thanks, Riri, and congratulations on having a baby with ASAP Rocky. That's what I always
1: wanted for you and you made your dream come true. <laughs> yeah. You... Did put on quite a show and we thank you for it.
0: Thanks everybody for tuning in episode number
1: 64 of Don't Raise the Machine.
0: We've enjoyed talking so much about fasting, talking about AI coming sentient, talking about John gonna be on conversations with men this week with Clementine Ford. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week at the podcast.
2: (laughs) Bass. <laughs>